Hi, this is Jim. And this is Max. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. This is Fly Purbly with Steve Jaco and Craig Forsyth. We receive quotes just a little out of their price range to take a pipe to the back of Sidney Crosby's knee. Very unreasonable prices. So it just had to be Flyers Penguins again, didn't it? This, the universe could not work out in any other way than for this series to be Flyers Penguins again. Oh, well, that's because that's because the Blue Jackets and Devils are cowards. So that's what it came down to. They are cowards. Sitting players on the final day of the regular season. So they wanted to face the Penguins. Oh. What That's, was the uh, deal with that? Was it because they, I mean, I'm guessing it was because they figured they were damned if they did, damned if they didn't, because your options are you're facing the Penguins, Bruins, Lightning, or Capitals at that point. And when the Capitals, who were one of the higher point scorers in the league, are your best option, you're kind of screwed anyway. Yeah, I think, I think the method for the Devils and Blue Jackets was if they lose, there's no way they can play the Penguins. And if one of the Flyers or the other team won, then... I mean, the, out, of the, out of those four teams, the team to play, I think, is the Capitals right now. And the uh, Blue Jackets got the lucky draw. Uh, I think I think the Devils, I I don't know. I I think they were just willing to play anybody, it seems like. I, I, I am so nervous about that Devils-Lightning series. I feel like the Lightning should smoke them, but... It's, it's the Devils. They've been annoying all season. And I don't know. The the the, the Devils power play is halfway decent. The Lightning penalty kill sucks. They're going to throw Dan Girardi. Dan Girardi, I think, is on the top unit right now going into the series with Victor Hedman. It's not... I, I, I don't know. I'm so worried about that series. We, we've been <laughs> conflicted about this all year with the the quality of the Devils, where... Well, they're not. I don't think they're good. I don't think they're good. It's just, I I feel like the Lightning have slowed down a little bit here lately. And Stamkos was hurt, and he's going to be coming. You don't know how healthy he is coming into the into the postseason. And him and Girardi are both. I think they're under fifty percent for Corsi four percentage and expect the goals for percentage. So they're not really. Hemmen's not really carrying Girardi like he usually does. And McDonough, I think it's McDonough and Strawman. Or the second pairing, and the third pairing is Coburn and Sergachev, which that's a ridiculous defense all around. But I don't think the bottom four has played that much with each other yet, so they don't, they aren't too familiar, and they don't really have numbers to go based off of that. Uh, the the top pairing though, like they, the, the, I know Hedman's really good, and he can probably erase every error that Girardi's going to make, but Girardi should not be playing on your top pair, even if it's starting just for the playoffs. Like that, that's something that. Should not be happening for that team. 
I, I get like, that, but yeah. I, I'm just not that impressed by the Devils. They have Taylor oh, Hall, who's been yeah, incredible. That's it. I mean, that's just Taylor Hall. <laughs> that's all the team is. <laughs> but I'm, I don't know. I'm not that nervous about that one. I guess, I guess the main fear is that the Lightning are going to pull a what what would that be the 20 oh no i was gonna say uh flyers in 2011 where they played the sabers and the sabers had no business being in that series but the flyers barely eked out and then they got smoked by the bruins in the next round yeah yeah 2011 2010 and 11 was the season where the flyers were dominant the whole year and then about the beginning of march they said let's uh make this interesting and they Dropped from the top seed in the Eastern Conference to the second seed and then struggled against the seventh seed Sabres. That was the whole Flyers goalie carousel and everything. But we're not, we're not here to talk about that series. We're not going to talk about the uh, the fun goaltending times of Peter LaVillette in 2011. No, let's talk about the fun goaltending times of <laughs> the Flyers today. Yeah, the Brian Elliott. Uh, I think the Elliott, I think the rust is off Elliott. I mean, that, that the Hurricanes game was hilariously bad. Almost let in. If the if a Michael Layton esque goal cost the Flyers a playoff spot, I the that I think that would have been too much. I and think. it was definitely Layton esque. Oh yeah, that was a carbon. That was a, a copycat goal of just what exactly happened on that uh, the Kane goal. That would have been a horrendous way for the season to end. <laughs> but, but it didn't. Yeah, Scott Darling kind of sucks too, and Voracek shot somehow found a way in. So here we are. Well, with all those complaints about Elliot, I still have to say it's a relief seeing him in there after seeing Morazic move out of the way of certain pucks. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's good to have Elliot back. It's nice I, to actually have the starting goaltender back. So I think yeah. the thing is, I'd rather something go through the wickets, I guess, than a guy overcompensate and miss the puck because he overcompensated. Yeah, we're getting to the point where Morazic was eventually going to be too aggressive on a side, like uh, a side to side shot and just be in the corner on a shot. I was waiting for that. Oh, yeah. He's going to be sitting in the he's actually sitting in the stands eating waiting. a hot dog. Yeah, yeah, he's already got his helmet off. He's just, oh, yeah, that was I was supposed to be there. My bad. You guys got it. <laughs> We'll be hanging out with Briz Goloff, right? <laughs> Probably. I feel like if you're Briz, uh, nah, I guess Briz can't really be, can't really demand sweet tickets, right? He can't like sit up and press row now. No, because he can afford sweet tickets. <laughs> well, I mean, like if he, he couldn't go up and like press row, even though he's a former player, because it'd be too much of a circus, I feel like. Speaking of Briz, by the way, my, my, so usually we have a game live being broadcast live while we're recording the podcast a little rivalry night action all those great rivalries in the nhl always broadcast on wednesday bruins hurricanes cody stars things of that nature crab right game yeah but uh, there's there's nothing tonight so my what i choose to go with is highlights from the flyers penguins 2012 series that was a good choice Always a good choice. And uh, where are you at right now? Right now, I am game two, five to five in the third period. You know, I watched highlights of that game earlier today. <laughs> I think Couturier celebration on his hat trick goal is one of the vivid things I remember from that series. 
just him looking up skyward and just shaking his fists like a villain. I feel like that's one of my. <laughs> you'll you'll see. It's I I just love it. You'll you'll see it. It's coming up. Oh yeah. He I'm also. Sure will. Uh, Yager got the six gold, didn't he? I remember that. I was cracking up because it, it was... literally just happened on the YouTube yeah, video I'm watching. Cold. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Katori was a monster game, obviously. What Still... a sloppy game from a hockey purist standpoint. I mean, the goaltending was just horrific all around. Brzezgalov is like Swiss cheese in this game, but Flurry oh, yeah. wasn't much better. No, Flurry was. Flurry was not, but it wasn't the pinnacle of Flurry losing his his mind in that series. So I feel like that happened in Game Three when a bouncing puck beat him, and that was that was probably the best moment in that series when it came to a Flurry's goaltending. Oh yeah, he had some terrible goaltending in that next year against the Islanders too. Remember right, one, and like, that's when he built up that reputation for Flurry. Yeah. Just is a fantastic regular season goaltender, but shit in the playoffs. So it's going to be really interesting to see what he does this year with Vegas in that regard. Yeah, that is true. I feel like, I, I feel like I don't have a firm grasp on what is going to happen with any of those Western conference matchups, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. That, that one's especially intriguing just because I think the, the Kings are built a little differently this year than they have been in years past. Kind of like the caps actually too, where the, the caps are, they don't have as much depth as they usually do. And Ovechkin's the only guy on that team that scores. And they're going, I don't know if you saw, they're going with Philip Grubauer in game one. Grubauer? Wait, really? They're going with Grubauer? Yep. Yeah, I, I've been trying to, I, he has a 923 save percentage, and I forget, he played a good chunk of the season too. And he, I was thinking about it too, uh, the Caps like to give up a lot of high danger chances, which is another reason why I think the Blue Jackets might be, might win that series, but they give up a lot of high danger chances and Hopi is not stopping any of them this year. And Grubauer, Grubauer has, I think one of the better high danger save percentages in the league. So I think, I don't think that's what they're thinking. I think they just look at Grubauer being a better player right now overall, or not a better player, but playing better. I should say, <laughs> Hopi is obviously the better player. You know that, everybody <laughs> knows that, but whatever, you know, uh, coaches overthink these things and that's how you get into trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I think. And, uh, if we want to, do you want to work away to uh, the flyer series here? Cause I can, yes, go we, can <laughs> okay. we can work our way into the flyer series and then we can kind of give our official predictions on everything else a little later, but, uh, let's talk about the flyers. And I'd like to start things off with, so I I've mentioned on the show before that I, work with a Pittsburgh fan who also happens to be named Steve and his least favorite player in Flyers history. The guy he hates the most happens to be Steve Mason. God knows why. Cause Steve Mason as uh, infuriating as he was as a flyer from Flyers fans perspective, it really is kind of a drop in the bucket. He's not, not yeah. a guy you could think of. And his second least favorite player is Scott Hartnell. That totally makes sense. I get that one that. makes sense. I'm watching the reason of why Scott Hartnell was the issue for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, it's, it's a great mystery to me. But today, while I was out and about in the city, I happened to find a $10 Steve Mason shirtsy. And you better believe I bought that sucker and draped that over his monitor. Yes, that is. I, I do want to give you compliments on a masterful troll job 
and that's uh, that's something that hopefully uh, irritates them tomorrow. It just puts them in a bad mood, and I think that's uh, that's the way most Penguins fans should go through their lives. <laughs> you know, I'm sure there are some that are out there and they've done something constructive for society, but most are uh, coleslaw slinging pieces of scum. So hopefully they're all really <laughs> not enjoying their lives right now. We'll go with that. They they, they probably are, but who cares? Fuck them. Uh, continue though. Sorry. <laughs> that was pretty much it. I had okay. nothing <laughs> to add further on the matter, but I, I'm trying to think of a Steve. I think we've done it before. I'm trying to think of a Steve Mason equivalent for the Penguins. Like who on the Penguins would that have been that there would have been no reason for Flyers fans to hate them, but for some reason that would be somebody's like Craig Adams. Most of the Penguins I despise have good reason behind it. If you yeah, look they're at usually cheap shot artists, right? Like cheap shot artist uh, or a Tyler Kennedy who's just this uh, this oh, this pig nosed man who happens to just kill the Flyers <laughs> every time he plays them. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I really hate. Did I ever tell you the Tyler Kennedy story? By the way, I think I've explained it on here, but I I don't know. My uh my friend and I, freshman year of college, which was the the 2009 series, I uh, we started a Facebook page just called "I Hate Tyler Kennedy and You Can Too," and then we decided to make extremely bad jokes about Tyler Kennedy that would not have been offensive to anybody. Stuff like Tyler Kennedy doesn't know the alphabet. Or Tyler Kennedy jaywalks every time he can, or like stupid shit that would not be offensive to anybody. And then about a month after we had it up, I think he scored in the Stanley Cup final, and some extremely angry Penguins fan responded to us. And then in July, somebody that did not have a picture named Tyler Kennedy responded, like saying that he did one of the things as a joke, and then our page had to be deactivated the next day. So <laughs> I don't know if that was. <laughs> I don't think it was him, but it was. It got taken down for pretty much no reason at all. And that is the the I hate Tyler County and you can't do story. <laughs> I Please hadn't heard that it. one yeah. before. Yeah, and <laughs> that's pretty funny. That's really weird, and it's always that the most inoffensive stuff. It's, that... Yeah, it was a very dumb thing. Like looking back on it, there, there was no reason for it, and I don't even think if you will read most of them today, none of them would be funny. So I don't even it was just out there on Facebook and then had to be taken down because somebody got pissed about it. Probably some Penguins fan somewhere. So It was Tyler Kennedy's wife. Maybe Miss Kennedy. Tyler Rita can't what I don't know. Did you say Tyler Rita? <laughs> Ta- uh, Tanya Kennedy got really pissed and wanted there to have it taken down. Yeah. Tyler Rita is not a name. It could be a name. <laughs> no. Not not in this dimension, not Tyler in any Ra? dimension. Tyler, Tyler Kennedy. No, no, that's a hard pass. Okay, but that, yeah, but Tyler Kennedy had his reasons to be hated too. And also, I think of that Scotty Elfshaw fight back in uh, two thousand eight, because for some reason that really pissed me off. I think well, probably because Elfshaw got his lunch bed during that fight. But I, I like Jordan Stahl. Maybe if Jordan Stahl was still in the Penguins, I feel like would have been a good one. Yeah, he never bothered. Oh, you're talking guys who you just hate for no, 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 no like Steve. No, yeah, yeah, like a like what would the Steve Mason equivalent be for the Penguins? Because I, I can't really think of one. What about Flurry himself? I I don't know. That's... It's kind of an interesting one if you think of it, just because Flurry really was not that offensive of a player. Yeah, like, you know what? He drove us nuts. 
that that might be a fair that might be a fair yeah that might be a fair comparison i feel yeah yeah because i always remembered laughing i remember enjoying his him going to the corner and spinning thing after goals which i think you know, I'm sure a handful of goalies do, but I just really picture him doing it, and it happened a lot during that 2012 series. Uh, yeah, I think I think Flores probably the closest thing. Ironically, the other team's goalie, so maybe it's just something with the opposing team's goalies. That's what it comes. What it it, comes to, yeah. it might be that, but it just it bugs him so bad that I when I found that for ten bucks, I'm like, oh, ten bucks is an easy troll job, easy. Yeah, you got to do what you can. I mean, I I don't know any. Right now, I do not interact with any Penguins fans personally, so I do not. That's for the best. Yeah, it's probably for it's probably best for my health. So nine out of ten doctors would recommend that you avoid contact with Penguins fans in your life. (laughs) With Pittsburghians at all costs, it's just not a good. Right. Well, Doctor Yins from Western PA is, of course, (laughs) top of. Dr. Yins uh, recommends that you take three servings of mayo and <laughs> mayo they, a day. The Steelers didn't win the Super Bowl this year, right? That was, you know, last I checked, it was the Philadelphia Eagles, right? The Eagles did. Okay, I, I was just making, I, you know, I, it's it was a while ago. It was like two months ago. I forget. Just making sure. But uh, yeah, the uh, the Penguins, uh, Penguins Flyers. Well, okay, so I I wanted to get into it because you said something about the, you know, coaches kind of overthinking something and i think that could be a problem in this series with hackstall you don't say yeah surprise this is surprise surprise dave hackstall overthinks things look at your latero okay i'll hang up and listen i don't know if there's gonna be a hot take or not but i think the top sixes the two top lines uh jeru katoria raffle lindblom lindblom patrick and voracek i don't know if they're gonna outplay the penguins top six but i think they can hold even with them. I think they can at least stay with them and maybe not lose the battle too much. I think they can hold their own. The the I think the problem for me is going to be the who's going to match up with the Penguins third line where it's Kessel who's a 90 point player, Broussard who'd be a second line center on most teams and then Connor Sheary who you know, not the biggest threat by himself, but when he has two capable line mates is still somewhat of a force. That line going up against either Connecting Philpula Simmons, which sounds all right, but Simmons and Philpula are both kind of train wrecks at five on five. And Connectney is not really I, I don't want Connectney playing defense. He's yeah. not known for his defensive prowess. Yeah, I, I'd rather Connectney be part of a, a, a more powerful line where he's gonna be able to spend time in the offensive zone. I'd and say, I, I think I, the reason Connectney works so well on that top line is because he because Giroux is pretty good de- defensively, because Couturier is excellent defensively, that freed up Konechny to be a little more creative and do some interesting things in the offensive zone that he can't get away with on these other lines. Yeah, that, that's true. And I, I'm i interested to see how that works out. But So if the, the third line is going up against the Penguins' third line, that doesn't start to go too well. I'm worried that Haxel might reach back to the idea of the Philby line against the Crosby line to try and gain an advantage somewhere else. And I feel like the Crosby line is, again, going to torch the Philby line. Oh, for sure. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane that that is a matchup that Hack is seeking out. Yeah, that he feels could be the way 
I, I like I just think that I don't know. I like I feel like he's definitely going to make a couple gaffes here somewhere in, along the series, and it, it, they're going to come to light because I, I feel like the, the Flyers are going to have their backs to the wall for most of the series because they are the less skilled team with less, less depth, and they're going to they're going to have to play a perfect game to win. And I feel like they're going to be there's going to be at least one close game in this series that comes down to a couple plays where the coaching. Whether it's the the lineup, the the line, or the matchups, that's going to cost them the game, and I feel like people are going to point to Hackstall with that. We'll see, though. Thinking about this series, but, it's very much my my head versus my heart. Where my head, my head oh, of absolutely. course, goes to the Flyers are probably screwed in this series. Probably absolutely, wrong. yep. That's where I'm at. Yeah, but my heart wants to say, hey, they got a chance. Anything's possible. The Eagles were underdogs against the Falcons. Vikings and Patriots, they won. And look, Rocky's a thing, right? Anything's possible. So, yeah, I was going to say, this is, I agree with you. That's a good way to look at it because every way you look at the numbers, every way you look at the matchups, everything, Flyers have no advantage. Literally no advantage anywhere, up and down. It just doesn't look, does not look promising. But at the same time, fuck everybody. Like, we just watched a football team that nobody thought was going to win the Super Bowl walk into Minnesota and beat the Patriots. And nobody believed in the Flyers in 2012 either, which I know was a lot of years ago. But it was the same thing where people thought the Penguins were going to win the Cup that year and the Flyers got a 3-0 series lead on them and then ultimately ousted them. And we don't know what Patrick is like in the playoffs. We don't know what Connecting is like in the playoffs. We don't know what Limblom is like in the playoffs. Sanheim is carrying the weight when it comes to McDonald's, so it looks like they have at least competent two pairings defensively. And Elliott is just coming back, and when he's on this season, he's been pretty good. Maybe not shutouts, but he he's limited the opposition to one goal at most. So, you don't know. I mean, it may, I don't expect the penalty kill to do much work. I, I could see the, I could see where the depth is a problem for the Flyers, I could see them actually potentially canceling that out if the top six plays really well. I'm very excited to see the Patrick line against the Malkin line. I want to see what that's like. Because it looks like Couturier, Drew, and Ralph are going to be up against Crosby's line. Looking at previous games and what I think the urge is going to be for Hextall and Sullivan. If it ends up being a straight one versus one, two versus two, three versus three, four versus four line matchup, then obviously that third line is where all the concern comes into play, as you mentioned before. Right, yeah. With uh, Broussard, Kessel, and Sheary against Phil Pulikonechny and Simmons. I mean, Kessel has just, he, he had a great year. And yeah. And Phil Pula, for some reason, Hack really has it in his mind that this is a rock-solid defensive center. Right. Which he's, I mean, he's not. <laughs> No, no, he's not at all. <laughs> uh, and, and that's if, you know, if the hard line matching occurs, there's going to be times, especially in the games of Pittsburgh, where Sullivan's eventually going to get out the Crosby and the Malcolm line against that Philpula line. And, you know, the Scott, Scott Walton with Tara Reed, it, it's funny that I, I kind of would want them more on that third line, but I feel like it still wouldn't. I feel like that would just be softening the blow. Like, I think the third line is still going to get theirs. The Penguins' third line is still going to get theirs. But 
I feel like Lawton and Reed would do more defensively against that u- unit. And also, if you put that that line out there, I feel like Latera is still going to get exposed at some point. That's the annoying. I think that's the one of the more annoying things about the series is you know, Latera's speed, Filippo's speed, and the the Gudis Manning pairing is probably going to have their gaffes at some point in this series and probably at a crucial time. We'll, we'll see though. Yeah. 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 But I think, I don't know. Do you want to talk about some good times? Flyers Penguins history. I'm watching them right now. So yeah, let's talk about them. Yeah. So well, we're, what game are you at? What, what, what game in the series here? We're game six now. So G just scored a sick goal. Uh, with the Yager line, that oh, I love that line so much, yeah. and it's uh, one nothing Flyers in Game Six. Yeah, and I, the next one is the uh, that goal mount scramble. I think where Hartnell like slams it home, just comes in and it looks like it's covered up, and then Hartnell just slams it home to make it two nothing. Oh my God, uh, Eric Gust- Gustafson scored in that game. Gustafs. Yeah, the Gus, but I think Gustafson, Gustafson. I always forget how to say his name. Gustafson. Gustafson. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it hit off, uh, hit off a Penguins defender. I want to say, I want to say Rob's no, Rob Skidder was in the Kings that time. I think, but that uh, yeah, that was a fun series. Yeah, I I think the heart against the the head argument is definitely that's where I'm at right now. Like I, you know, it, you don't want to just say the Flyers are going to get murdered. It doesn't look like it. Anything else is going to happen, but. You don't know. They're still going to play these games. And maybe the penalty, like maybe Brian Elliott just does the Lord's work on the penalty kill and keeps the Penguins' penalty kill from scoring any goals in Pittsburgh in the first two games. Or maybe Philpula, maybe Konechny carries that third line against Kessel and Broussard and they're able to hold their own there. Or maybe, maybe Katori and Giroud just. Out muscle Crosby and whoever's on that top line with Crosby, and they get enough of an advantage there that they can just take over the series. Who knows? Look, we know how good the Penguins' offense is, but they're not that great defensively, if we're being honest. And Matt Murray's had his share of struggles this year. So if the Flyers are going to have to compete with the Penguins, they got to capitalize on the chances they get. They need to actually score some damn goals. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the other terror, like, terrible thing about matching up against the penguins because they do that especially you saw it in the last game too where the flyers carried play most of the game and it just didn't matter because the penguins still scored five goals and they capitalized in the small pockets of windows where they had opportunities to to capitalize so it's a (laughs) so it's a it's a thing where the flyers are gonna have to play a perfect 60 minutes and also Still need Elliott or one of the defensemen to make a couple miraculous plays to prevent a few goals. Well, what I was saying, Craig, is that the big thing they need to do is they actually need to capitalize on the chances they get as the Flyers. The Flyers, that's what they've been lacking in these games. They need to actually score the goals that they have the chances to score. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's a... and. That's one of those things, too, where if they don't, then it could become a mental thing, and then they kind of get pissed and start taking dumb penalties, and then it's the the Penguins power play against the Flyers penalty kill. But, yeah, they definitely need to capitalize on some of the chances. Uh, and hopefully, I don't know, I feel like late, late in the games against the Penguins, they really don't, especially this season. I, I feel like they've, the last the two games they lost in overtime, they could, 
well, Raffle scored late in the first one, but then they gave it the goal in the final minute. And then the other, the other two, I mean, the Flyers were up two to one in the second and they give up a bunch of goals to be down four to two going into the third. And then the one game just got away from them. Uh, the one game, the, the Penn scored four times in 351 in like the second period. I, yeah, I mean, we'll see if they capitalize on that. I'm kind of nervous about that. You're, you're think, being you're being super gloom and doom on me. I was, yeah. I was hoping we'd at least find a happy medium where Let, we could. Let's have... yeah yeah let's let's find that happy medium. I think I think Connecting and Patrick are going to be a lot of fun to watch this series, regardless of result. I think they're going to show up. I'm excited to see Connecting play, even if it's not optimal that he's with the third line. I think he's still going to show up and make some plays, and we're going to come away with a couple memories from this series with him. And that can always change. Uh, you can yeah. certainly shuffle it around. I, I will say Raffle, despite criticisms of the move, uh, looked pretty good in that last game with the yeah. Ran- uh, against the Rangers with the top line. Uh, he did some really good work with Drew and Couturier. And I, I just it's a shame to see Konechny kind of lost on that third line and just not have his talents being used as well. Because I, the thing is, Raffle's a stronger defensive player. He's a stronger... Right two-way guy he's a great bottom six guy yeah yeah and i no he is and i i just wish that a third line it, it's weird like I, I i would want a line of raffle lawton and reed to take on like if that was the third line against or if that was the line going up against the penguins third line i think i'd be a little more confident but i feel like let's is not coming out is going to be the problem no, I, I think Hack really likes Laterra for whatever reason. Yeah, who knows? Also, I am excited to see Proroff and Gossespear in this series as a top unit against either the Crosby or the Malkin line. And they're both going to need to play a lot, which is, I think, something Charlie highlighted that uh, they haven't played too, too much in each game. But if Axel wants to really buckle down here, they might be playing upwards of, you know, 31, 32 minutes a night, which would be absurd and more than their season highs. But if it means less Manning and Gouda's out there, it's probably for the best. Right. A lot of teams buckle down in the playoffs. They will really rely on that top four guys. And you saw it back in, I mean, 2010 is a great example where you saw Kimo Tiemann and Chris Pronger, Matt Carl and uh, Braden Coburn really buckle down and be the guys. Yeah. Yeah, and then unfortunately the uh, the bottom pair still still found a way to lose it. But yeah, that's and I think both these teams do shorten up their benches to an extent. Uh, maybe not always for the better with the Flyers, but uh, hopefully Haxtell, yeah, hopefully Haxtell shortens the benches the right way in the playoffs and gives us more Provorov and Gossespierre and maybe even maybe even Sandheim McDonald if. They're going to keep playing the way they have been with Sanheim being paired with McDonald uh, over Manning and Gudis. Yeah. 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 Uh, we need we need to get back to the positivity though. So what? Uh, who do you think is going to have the best series for the Flyers? You know, I'm the obvious candidate is. Heart candidate, 
Claude Giroux. Baby. Yeah, who should, by the way, should absolutely win the heart now. I think, in my opinion. 100%. Yeah, you get a hat trick the last day of the season and put your team into the playoffs. Most points for a person not in the... Most points for a player on a team in the playoffs. I don't know. I, I feel like he needs to have it now. Right, but the thing about... uh well, Drew and Couturier are obvious candidates, but I'm really looking to the second line. I'm looking to this this Patrick Lindblom Voracek line to really step up and kind of be the line that asserts if the Flyers are going to win a win or lose in the series because that is I think they're the difference makers here. They definitely should be, and I think they can be. I think that's something to be positive about. I think when they're on, they're on. Maybe they don't always get on the score sheet, but they usually create magic when they're together, and it's usually end-to-end action that they provide. Uh, I I think they do need to be the difference in this series, and I I think they can be. And I we haven't seen we haven't seen Patrick in this spot, and he's slowly been getting better and better. And I don't know. I the last this the last time they these teams teams met in the playoffs, uh, Malkin kind of got pissed with a. With the rookie getting in his face. So maybe this is a 2.0. And his ugly face gets angry at another Flyers rookie this time around. So, so so ugly. So very ugly. Yeah, he's... uh, That nose is something to behold. And he... I think... I'm just excited. I think Malkin... I think Malkin and Latang still have the capability of getting... Getting real fucking pissed. When things are going the Penguins way. Like I, I can feel it, and I've seen it a couple times when you watch their games this year. Just a couple things go against them, and Latang, being the big piss baby he is, gets really upset with stupid stuff, and it's still there for Malkin. I, I think of that game they had, uh, the game they had against the Caps last week, two weeks ago, where they were losing late, and then Malkin just lost his shit and threw a temper tantrum, and a bunch of other Penguins got involved too, and it, it's a thing where that hasn't. That hasn't been there in the last two years with them. They've been very calm and composed and collected, and it looked like a team that kind of learned from 2012. But it maybe it's seeping back, and maybe uh, maybe an early deficit in Game One against the Flyers, a team that everybody's expecting to walk over, uh, brings that out again. You, you don't know. Uh, that would be kind of awesome, actually. Well, we're talking we're talking about you know, keeping your composure, losing your composure. And that's been one of the keys for the Penguins in pretty much all their games against the Flyers where they've been successful this year is that the Flyers have not kept their composure and that they've been largely successful for the rest of the season in keeping their composure and uh, playing well, playing a more disciplined game than we're used to historically for the Flyers. And it's, the Penguins, for some reason, have been doing that to the Flyers. They've been driving them nuts. They've been making them take bad penalties. And that's what the Flyers need to avoid in this series. That's the key thing the Flyers need to avoid. Yeah. Yeah, they can't. I mean, if you get rattled and then give them give the Penguins power plays, it's, it's not going to be a good time. And it, it came through the last game, too, what you were talking about, because Voracek had, I think he was getting cross-checked, and then he turned around and showed the Penguin into the bench and he got a minor for that. And then the penguins scored on the start of the second period when the power play carried over. And then they scored again, two and a half minutes after that to take the lead. So it's a thing very much where the game can get 
turn on the side because the flyer's taking on disciplined uh, penalty. But it, hopefully, hopefully they keep their cool somehow. It's going to be hard because they're not going to get. They're just not going to get calls. I feel like that's going to be another annoying factor about this series. Not like the refs are conspiring against the Flyers, obviously, but just you know, you know, it's, it's Crosby's a star player and he's going to get the calls, and the Flyers are probably going to be on the short end of the stick on most of the games when it comes to power plays, or they'll have the classic: the Penguins get the power plays when it's needed, and then the Flyers will get two or three when it's already four to one or something, with like a minute left in the third. Sure, sure. Trying to even up those numbers so they look better than they are. Yeah. It's, uh... Um... (laughs) You don't sound optimistic about this one, Craig. (laughs) I... I, It's weird. I have not been this... Uh... I guess doubtful about a series win in a minute. I was pretty... I was pretty confident back in 2016 against the Caps. Uh... I was pretty negative in 2014 against the Rangers as well, but I thought there was more. I think the big factor is both those teams. Mason's a streaky goalie, but when Mason's on, he's on, and he can steal games for you. I I don't know if I've seen that with Elliott. Like, Elliott's been really good this year. I, I think he only had – he didn't have a shutout this year until the final game of the regular season. And I know that shutout, just, yeah, just happened, but – I, it wasn't really the most challenging game, and I there's there haven't been too many games where the team has just looked at Elliott to bail them out this year. So I that option of getting outplayed and then just having a goalie steal a game or two, I don't know if it's there on the table. And and the Flyers are at a disadvantage at five on five and also on special teams. So I really don't I don't know what the path to, to success is here for the Flyers, but we'll. We'll find out. I'm thinking it's just piss off the Penguins and hopefully they collapse within themselves. Maybe the idea of finally losing a playoff series and to the Flyers at that is just going to cause them to just kill each other. I think the path to success is capitalize on your opportunities and stay disciplined. I think that's the big thing. Here's the thing. Ultimately, the Penguins, if you look at the standings, just purely at the standings, the Penguins were not that much better than the Flyers, okay? They only scored, yeah. what, two more points than them ultimately? Yeah, I think so, yes. So it's not like the Penguins blew them away. It's not like they were that much better than them all season. And we looked at that last game. The Fly- the Penguins barely beat the Flyers in that game. Yeah, that's, that's It was a close game for a reason. The Flyers have more of a chance than we're thinking. And yeah. it's tough to think positively because you look how stacked that lineup is. And the Penguins are stacked and they've done the same thing for the past couple of years where they're not the number one team in the division, but they're high up enough in the division that they're just, you know, they're dominant. Yeah, right, right. I know what you mean. But it, I don't know. I, I just don't feel that they're that dominant. I don't feel that they are this team that we need to be afraid of. Let's not be afraid of the Penguins. Yeah. Fuck the Penguins. Fuck Pittsburgh. We can there win this go. thing. Let's do it. Go Flyers. I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> I think. No, you are right, though. I think out of these last three seasons, I think this is obviously the most... I think this is the most vulnerable Penguins team there is. And the Flyers usually do play disciplined. So if they can play like they have been playing most of the season and just... They they have that stretch back in March where they just didn't take penalties. If they can keep the Penguins' power play off the ice and you make it so that third line has to beat us... Okay, that's a... 
that's a situation where he can win. I, 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 I'm just worried. Just worried about too many power plays in one game. I think the Penguins are going to get like six power plays in one of these games here early on. It's just not going to look good. But that's where stay, the discipline comes into play. Yeah, if the dis, if they stay disciplined, I mean that's fine. Uh, but I'm saying the thing with the th- calls too, where it could be the Flyers really only take like two or three calls or two or three penalties, but then you know that there's a little bit of home hometown cooking on one of these. The, you know what pissed me off down the Flyer stretch when they had all those home games? I don't think they had a power play against the Hurricanes. And I think they only had one when it was really close against the Rangers. And it's kind of like, where, where are the, where, where are their calls for the home team? Like we, the Flyers needed a couple breaks there and just could not get a call when there were plenty of chances to get a penalty called for a power play for him. But it's not my business, I guess. But anyway, the Flyers, yeah, the Flyers stay disciplined. I think they, yeah, maybe they do. Maybe they do have, uh, have a better shot than I'm thinking. They the Penguins aren't really that loaded either this year compared to the last two seasons. The last two seasons, I feel like they were pretty, pretty dominant during the regular season. They're a bunch of chumps. They got nothing. Yeah, Crosby's over the hill. He ain't what he used to be. Malkin's yeah. ugly as sin. Phil Drag. Kessel loves hot dogs. Fat yeah, pig. Fat. Get him out of here. Go to hell. Latang's a big piss baby. Uh, he needs a better haircut. Yeah, Latang looks like somebody, and I can't decide. I can't. I think he just looks like I don't know. I, don't I know think Latang like. looks like kind of a, a midwestern version of Hollywood elite. That's yeah. I mean, that sounds about right. Yeah, that's kind of what it looks like. Maybe late '90s Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Oh, you know another thing I'm excited about? Jamie Oleksiak. NBC broadcasts and a lot of the Pittsburgh media. See, that's the annoying thing about the Pittsburgh media is they're all just. The biggest homers ever. The Philadelphia has people like. We got to roll that out picture out. We got to roll that Pittsburgh media picture out again. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I love that thing. But like Sealski calls out the team, you know, Carcitti is hard on them. Panaccio was hard on them at times. It's like. Our, like our, when you ran Mike Richards out of town. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our beat writers will be hard on the team. Pittsburgh, it's the complete opposite of the spectrum where it's there. They could do nothing wrong. They could. I, I just feel like I've never seen a Pittsburgh writer actually be pissed at the Penguins. It's just anything they do, it's just, oh, well, the refs are against us. Or, oh, well, I mean, you know, they, the luckiest game ever. It's just never like, our team didn't show up and they deserve to get dragged for it. It's just, it's always somebody else's fault. It's really, it's adorable kind of. Yet again, another situation where you would hope for the happy medium, right? Like you, yeah. you want the 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 media that supports the team when they should be supported, but criticizes them when they need to be criticized. And Pittsburgh, it's it's too much support. In Philly, it's too much criticism. Like, you know, you look at uh, I think Boric had something a, a couple weeks ago when just before Giroux got over his point hump and reached his new high, which uh, let's talk about Giroux for heart again in a, a minute or two. But, uh, you know, he, he put it, he pointed something out about how Giroux hadn't scored a game winning goal. And then he went and scored a game winning goal, but <laughs> it's like, he's having one of the best years he's ever had. And you're harping on the one thing he hasn't done. And it's stuff like that. If you remember when Yager first started, he had a, a pretty good start where, he scored, I want to say, like, he, he had a number of assists in his first few games. But the, the story was, where are the goals? Where are the goals? What have you done for me lately, Yags? Yeah, and they came later that month, didn't they? Like, they still came in October, I think. Yeah. 
But you're right. And game winning, God, game winning goals is one of those really extremely dumb stats because the title is important. But if your team wins seven to two and you score the third goal in that game, nobody gives a shit. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter at all. Like I feel like they should, they should just kind of do away with that stat because some of the game winning goals really do not matter at all. And also, if your player, if you're a player that has 102 points, uh, I think you're, I think you're d- doing more than your fair share. Well, it's, yeah, just looking at, you know, we don't need to fucking defend Drew here. That, that's a nonsense take. No, but <laughs> I was gonna list. It's it's obviously a nonsense take, but the fact is, the Philly media provides these nonsense takes here out of nowhere, out of nowhere, and it's like maybe, maybe while the captain's having his best season ever, like, and that's not hyperbole. That is. Yeah legitimately or true swish you bastard yeah i know thank you you're welcome dunk city anyway continue uh, no best best season ever but they're i don't know i feel like i haven't besides uh some stuff with us uh at uh at broad hockey i feel like there haven't been too many Drew's fucking dominating i travis yost had an article like two weeks ago saying that drew should win the heart besides that I haven't seen too many Drew is dominating right now type articles or Drew's been through a lot of shit and deserves some love type articles. Second most points in the league made the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, career high in goals, uh badass game to clinch the playoffs for his team. What more could you ask for from this guy? Uh, if you're Greg Wyshynski to have a devil's uniform on so he can vote you for heart, I think is what it is. Yeah. Disgusting. I hope they get swept so bad. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, it's really bugging me. I, I just have a bad feeling about that series too. I don't know. I'm so pessimistic about all these, all these You're guys. You're pessimistic about every series right now. Yeah, I'm, not, I, I'm uh, not standing for it. I know. I got to change it. I mean, tomorrow the Flyers are going to get a greasy overtime win. Like Simmons, Simmons is going to knee a puck into the net to win it, one nothing in overtime. The Flyers are going to get outshot forty-four to twenty-two, and with about eight minutes left. Uh, we're going to say Konechny is wrapping around behind the net and he's going to fling a puck to the net and it's going to hit Wayne Simmons' knee and go in. The Flyers nice, are going to nice. the series. I hope that's, I hope that's similar to my uh, Shio Kapadier, uh Brandon Graham strip, strip sack prediction. Which Did you hear about that? Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping that it con- that works out exactly like that. Yeah, and so my, I will say my, my biggest fear from a successful Flyer series is that one of the crappier players on the team blows up like Umberger back in the day against the Canadians. <laughs> yeah. And he ends up like, let's say like Philpula, who is due to be a free agent ends up uh, like just killing it. And then he, let's say he gets like, I don't know, five or six goals in the series. We'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> right. Right. But it's just like, that's, I, there's no way. I don't. I don't know. I feel like there's no amount of goals he could score. He gets. He's getting paid five million right now. If he had a 31 goal, Smythe winning type of postseason, I think it'd still be like that was great, Val. Thank you very much. Four and a half million next year. Like I think it would still be. It doesn't matter what he'd do. He'd have to make less money than what he's making right now. Sure. Yeah, he's not a difference making bottom six guy. He can't be making fucking five million. So if he wants to stay here, I feel like. He has to take some kind of pay cut if he comes back. He shouldn't be. I hope he's not coming back. 
he shouldn't be coming back. But my fear is that somebody like him, somebody like Laterra blows up and then, you yeah. know, and then they like get that's... a gigantic pay raise out of it and stay here for longer. Yeah. yeah. Like Phil Phil is here for another four years at six million because he had 13 goals in two playoff series. Yeah, I gotcha. I see you. You really? get where I'm coming from. You get where I'm yeah. coming from. But... Although I will, I will say, if you remember, after after Umberger had that big playoff series, do you know what happened? He got he got traded like a month later to the Blue Jackets for a pick. I think two picks. One of the smartest moves that uh, Homer ever made. Yeah, was probably. that Homer? Or was that Clarky? That, that was Homer, right? No, that was Homer. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. Because Clarky was... got fired after '06, after that disaster. Yeah, that was uh that was home. That was after Homer's first oh. season as a GM. Sorry, you never get fl- you never get fired in the Flyers organization. You are uh, get, you get shuffled somewhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, what was it? Bob Clark was sitting next to uh, Ron Hextall a couple of games ago in the press box. That game on Saturday. He's, he didn't go anywhere. Holmgren didn't go, go anywhere either. Yeah, everybody just gets promoted up, which I mean, that's I, I mean, they for- get promoted, but it's also like kind of I don't know, like team president is a promotion in title only. That is maybe pay, but certainly so, not in the area of influencing decisions. <laughs> Look, if if I can get promoted with my title, make more money or make the same amount of money, I guess, maybe less, but do absolutely nothing. All right. I mean, that sounds. Sounds like a place I want to work for. Let me sure, but my point is, my point is that you say it's a promotion, but you know these guys have a lot of pride and they want to be the guy making the GM decision. So, so I, I'm sure I'm it's sure. not exactly in a promotion in the eyes of in Homer in this case. Yeah, I don't want. I don't have any pride, so I will take all the money you have for doing pretty much nothing. I got you though. No, I know what you mean. I think well, Craig Ruby got fired, and he's just gone. He was the one. Yeah, no, coaches <laughs> coaches always get flat out fired in the yeah. in the Flyers. That is true. Yeah, Clavulet too. Before that, yeah, uh, that's working out good. Good old sheet cake. Yeah, sheet cake's also in the playoffs. Sheet cake is in the play. Yeah, that's serious. Yeah, that might. Let's uh, you know, let's use this transition to talk about some of the other series real quick. So, okay, um, let's start with that one. Let's start with it's the the Vegas Golden Knights and the Los Angeles Kings facing off. Thoughts on that series, Craigums? Yeah, sorry, I was thinking of Laviolette. Uh, I was thinking of Preds Avs. Uh, so Kings, Kings Golden Knights. You got to go My, with the transition here, bro. Come yeah, on. yeah. My gut says the Kings. But I don't know. I, I feel like the Golden Knights should win it. I initially like went with Kings thing. when I was filling out my bracket challenge. But then I thought about it and I changed it to the Knights just because it, it, the, this series all depends on Flurry. If if regular season Flurry, who just straight killed it this year, shows up, then I think the Knights can do this. But if he doesn't, the Kings are going to feast. They're going to kick their ass. Yeah, no, definitely. And you know, I, they have the the Gold Knights have that top line of um, Marcheseau, Carlson, and Smith that dominate in terms of both scoring goals and actually possessing the puck. And I think they're going to go up against. I think the Kings' top pairing right now is Drew Doughty and Oscar Fantenberg, who I think he's only in there because 
Uh, I guess somebody, I think uh, Derek Forbert's injured. I think that's usually who's with Drew Doughty. But even if Forbert's out there, Forbert's not that great. I, I think that top line might be able to outplay Doughty and, Doughty and company. And then the Kings don't really have as much depth as they usually do. It's kind of been Kopitar running a one-man show over there this year. So if uh, if they can get the quick early and often, I, I think they can. I think they can win the series. And they have home ice, so they have a chance to get up two nothing early. Uh, I don't know. I like I like I I want to pick the Kings, but it's based on teams of the past that weren't built like this one. Like the Kings are not the dominant puck possession team they have been in the years past. Right. I think this one's going, it's going the distance, I think. Oh, I can, I could definitely see that. Yeah. I, yeah. And like I was trying to make that horrible point last week about like the Golden Knights where they're really good, but I feel like, I don't know, like it's one of those things where they're the new team that isn't supposed to be this good. So I'm just waiting for them to, it's waiting for them to fall apart at the worst time. And I feel like that could be the first round of the postseason. So maybe this is, uh, maybe this is when it happens. Yeah, Flurry stands on his head, though. That's a that's definitely going to be a big factor for the Golden Knights. I I don't think I don't know who is going to go up against Kopitar though on that defense because their defense. I mean, they're rolling out Derek Anglin on the regular out there. Like Derek Anglin, Shea Theodore is a. I don't think they're third pairing, so which is kind of scary. But uh, and Braden McNabb, Nate Schmidt hasn't been playing as great as you would expect them to be playing. Uh, I don't know. This is a really tough series to predict, (laughs) especially because we don't watch either of them that much because they're out on the West coast. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say golden Knights and six though. That'll be my prediction. And then I'll forget about the sound tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. I I got the Knights in seven right now, but that's subject to change. Uh, let's, let's talk about lava. Let's talk about Laviolette over yeah. with Nashville. So Nashville, Colorado, that's, uh, an interesting matchup. Colorado, one of the hotter teams in the second half, Nathan McKinnon, certainly a popular pick for the heart currently, but has a good argument, but yeah. Yeah. But I mean, Nashville's just been, they've been the best all year. Yeah. I mean, I, I know the ass have been hot, but I, I think the Preds are going to roll them like pretty hard. I think it's going to be five or six games, and it's going to be, it's just going to be all Preds. I'm leaning towards five. Uh, but because Eric Johnson is out with a fractured patella, and then Varlamov, I think is, I think he's still going to be out for this series. And Mark Ald is on their third pairing, and all their pairings are well under fifty percent in both Corsi four percentage and expected goals four percentage. So I. I don't know. Like, and the Predators have Ryan Hartman on the fourth line. It's, uh, <laughs> they kind of got extreme depth. Peckerman is still playing pretty well. They still have their top four of, uh, USC Ellis and Subban Ekholm. I, I don't, I don't know how the abs are going to win it. Nathan McKinnon is somehow going to be more Superman than he has been all this year. And I don't, I don't see that happening. We've seen guys come forth with these Herculean efforts in these situations before, but you really, you can't put the entire team on your back. Right. And you still need the goaltending. You still need guys in the back end. Uh, Colorado, just not ready for this yet. I've got Preds in five and I'm sticking to it. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think this is maybe the easiest one outside of the flyers series to kind of get a grasp on just because I feel like it's kind of lopsided and there's no special teams factor in it. I think, 
like the Predators PK is fine, so it's not like the Avs are gonna somehow hold even at even strength and then score on the power play. I just I think the Avs are kind of screwed anyway. Look at it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Preds and five. I'll go with that. All right, let's talk about Winnipeg and Minnesota. So Winnipeg, Minnesota is uh, an interesting one where Winnipeg's one of the higher scoring teams in the league and Minnesota is one of the more uh, boring teams in the league. Boring is a good way to put it, yeah. And I think the way the Minnesota Wild have been built the last couple of years is they are an absolutely horrendous Corsi 4 percentage team, shot attempts, but they are up there in terms of expect the goals for so they hold on to the puck and they wait for really good opportunities whenever they get the chances and they also just don't let teams get to the slot but the jets are pretty deep when it comes to forward depth so deep that brian little is currently on the third line uh top two lines are kyle connor mark shifley blake wheeler nikolai ehlers paul stastny and patrick line nikolai ehlers paul stastny and patrick line as the second line is terrifying <laughs> and then they have the third pair being um, or the third line I have Matthew Perot and and Brian Little I just I I I think even if the Wild had Ryan Suter and he wasn't out for the, the rest of the season I, I think it would be a tall order but if you're going to throw like fucking Nate Prosser or Nick Sealer out there against them or Carson Soucy I, I who, who are real people by the way I know they don't sound like they're real but they our guys that are going to have to log top four minutes now. One of them is now that Ryan Suter is out. I, I think it's going to be too much for uh, Spurgeon, Dumbo, and Burdeen. And Devin Dumnik has been able to steal series in the or games in the past. I don't know. I think this is going to be too much. I feel like this is going to be too much uh, Winnipeg in the, the Minnesota Wild zone trying to score and not enough uh, the Wild capitalizing on counterattack. So I, I'm going to say I'm kind of tempted to say Jets and five here too, but like the wild are good. I just think they have, I just think this game's going to play to the minute uh, the Winnipeg Jets uh, liking too much. So I'm going to, I'm going to say Jets and five here too. So my early prediction here is, and look, I, I could be way off base, but Minnesota is one of those teams that just seems to come up out of nowhere and, Play this just defensive, boring hockey that bores the <laughs> hell out of any team. I got wild in seven right now, but that could change. Oh, all yeah. right. I, I, it's, it okay. could change. I'm not I'm not happy about it. I don't want it to happen. <laughs> I want Nashville, Winnipeg, second round. A hundred percent. Winnipeg, Nashville, matchup. second round is going to be better than any other second round that is going to happen. Right. You like, have this just battle of wills and look, Winnipeg's got just some of the most exciting talent. Line A alone is just outstanding. He might yeah. look like a cave troll, but that guy can <laughs> play some friggin' hockey. He can do that hockey. Yeah, yeah he, he can definitely do that hockey. And I see that's the thing is I, I don't know if it matters how well the wild play defensively. Like Line A every single game is still gonna get two or three shots a game and he's probably gonna put one of them in. And I, I just don't think they're going to have enough on the back end to uphold any of the the onslaught from the Jets' offense. Like I think, I think it's just going to be too much. And I, you know, the Wild are boring, but I, I do think they're a good team. And uh, one of our bigger arguments on here is uh, I think Bruce Boudreaux is not a bad coach. Uh, and uh, I think 
I think that this series is not going to help his argument because I feel like he's going to be ousted in the first round again. So we'll, we'll, we'll have to see, though. I, Jets, Jets, no, Jets, Predators, though. Yeah, let's talk about the next, uh, the next series here. Yeah. Lastly, a series I know next to nothing about Anaheim and San Jose. That is the one I have to least feel on, too. <laughs> Mainly, uh, I just, I don't know. I feel like I haven't watched either of these teams at all throughout the year. Yeah. Besides their games against the Flyers. I barely watched those. They were late at night. I had work the next day. Who can, yeah. uh, who can, who can stay with that? Come on. Yeah. And I mean, even they were both earlier in the season when there was a completely different team. And I think I actually missed the Anaheim game that the Flyers won overtime that night. But it was, I, I don't fan. even know. I have, yeah, no terrible fan, right? <laughs> I have I have no gut reaction to this series. I have no idea who's going to win. I, I want to say Sharks. But I don't. I don't know. Cam Fowler's out for. I think Cam Fowler's out for the whole series. Joe Thornton bat is coming back soon. Uh, the Evander Kane, Joe Pavelski, Jonas Don score line is doing pretty damn well. Yeah, Kane's gotta, been a solid pickup for them since yeah, they got they gotta, the the trade deadline. You know, uh, personal issues aside, Kane certainly can. You know. Play some hockey so yeah uh, and it's been a solid let's again let's analyze in hockey terms it's been a solid hockey pickup for them and i i honestly i, I looked at this i flipped a coin and said anaheim and six but who knows <laughs> i want to say i'll go with anaheim and six because i think uh, i think john gibson deserves uh deserves to have a little bit of a playoff run here uh so i'll, I'll go I'll, I'll say i won't go with six though. i'll say seven Gibson was my main influencer there. Yeah, I, I think he's been fine all year, even when the the Ducks have been banked up and they don't have Fowler right now. But uh, Hampus Lindholm and Josh Manson are still a pretty good defensive pairing and they can probably carry the load. Uh, Ricard Raquel gets left. Perry is a fine top line, and they're, they're second and third lines of Cogliano, Kessler, and Silverberg, along with Adam Henrik, Nick Ritchie, and uh, Andre Kasha are all. I think they're all fine. Like, I think that's a fine top nine to roll out there against the Sharks. Uh, I I really don't know what else to say besides, like, this is, this is seriously got nothing. I'm going to go with Gibson. Ducks let's, move, let's move back east. Uh, who who yeah. cares about San Jose and Anaheim? No yeah, nobody cares. At all. Nobody's watching that, yeah. No one's watching that. Let's. <laughs> so we talked about Tampa Bay, New Jersey a little bit. What's your official prediction for that? Uh, my I, Honestly, I think New Jersey's getting smoked. I'm going uh, sweep for the Lightning. You're saying sweep? I want to say sweep, but I'm telling you, like, this is the Devils, and this is 2018. I feel like it's going to be real dumb. I think the Lightning will still come out on top, but I'm going to say the, the Lightning in seven. Because, like, fucking Keith Kincaid is going to have a 45-save shutout one game where the Devils... He's going to have, like, that Michael Norberth-esque uh, shutout where the Devils get hemmed into their own zone the entire game, but somehow they don't That's give That's been their goal. whole season in a nutshell. At, like, every, every way you look at it, when it comes to Corsi, 4% the Lightning are ranked 7th, the Devils are 21st. Expected goals for Lightning are 6th, Devils are 18th. Like, the only matchup I'm, I'm really looking at is the, the Devils' power play finished 10th and the Lightning's penalty kill finished 28th. So I, the hope would be Keith Kincaid and their defense can kind of hold down the fort until they get to a power play and just kind of capitalize there. But I, the Lightning are willing to trade chances with teams in the slot like they're willing to get their chances in the slot and give up the high danger chances to the opposition, but they, the Devils also seem to do a lot of work in the crease, and the Lightning have been able to cancel that out. If you look at their their heat maps from this year, 
the top line is Taylor Hall, Nico Hischier, and Kyle Palmieri. Uh, and they're kind of break even when it comes to underlying numbers. Besides that, the other lines are going into the playoffs with. You ready? You ready to hear these names? These are I've all. I've never been more ready for anything in my life. NHL players, by the way. So, Miles Wood, Pavel Zaka, Patrick Maroon, apparently, is their second line. Blake Coleman, Travis Ajak, Drew Stafford is the third. Michael Grabner, Brian Boyle, Brian Gibbons is the fourth. One of those lines is going to have to go up against Ryan McDonough and Anton Strawman. <laughs> so if that, and even the third, one of those lines is going to have to go up against Braden Coburn and Mikhail Shergachev, which I know Coburn got dunked on here, but that, that's really not a bad third pairing. Uh, if, Did we dunk on Coburn? I thought we were both Coburn fans. Oh, no, no, no. The city of Philadelphia. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Coburn, I, Coburn was rock solid. Although yeah. the, the Flyers got a great trade for him. Yeah, no, uh, very good trade. Yeah, helped get a uh, helped get connect me. So, I now I think that's just the formula for Flyers fans' reaction to defensemen is, uh, if you don't put up a ton of points, you're probably not going to be liked in this city. Because I feel like that happened. I mean, Matt Carl was fine here for a stretch, but I feel like he definitely got hated by a lot of the fan base. And even with Coburn, I feel like Coburn was just. Coburn was just a guy that was prone to the big air in the spotlight of a game. So he would play fine for 20 minutes of his 21-minute game, but that he'd have one or two plays that were just in the spotlight at the most crucial times, and then that's what people clung to. So I – but one of those – yeah, so one of those lines is going to have to go up against Braden Coburn and Zerg Jeff too. I don't know. There's, there's really no way – the Lightning should win the series. Also, they still got to beat Vasilevsky, even if they get past that deep pairing. But it's this whole season has been me saying, I don't know how the Devils are doing this. So I really feel like them being in a game seven is not something that would shock me because because this is sports. And this is hockey, and hockey's dumb, and that's important <laughs> to remember when you go through. Yeah, we're all taking we're we're guessing here, but. You know, anything could fucking happen because this is a one extremely dumb sport. Mr. Pessimist. Oh, man. (laughs) I'm lightning rolling. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. Boston, Toronto. Probably the best first round matchup, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that. I think, yeah, probably the closest uh, matchup out of all eight of them. But I mean, that's it. That's if we knew what the Sharks and Ducks are. We don't know what they are, though. But yeah, Leafs and Bruins is probably the the closest one. I'm going. I'm going Bruins. Uh, it's not. It's going to be a tough one. I'm. I'm going to say Bruins and seven because the the Leafs definitely have the depth to compete with the the Bruins here. But I, I I'm taking the Bruins. I went Bruins and six. The Leafs are good. They have a great amount of talent on that team. I love Austin Matthews, but I think Boston's just got too much. And I hate to throw this word out there, but too much experience. They have the, I know, I know. (laughs) I like how, I like how you know that it's not, (laughs) you're just like, sorry, I I know I'm not, I'm aware. (laughs) I know what I just did. I'm aware, but it, I don't know. They've been there. They've got guys oh, who are, absolutely. you know, look, unfortunately, they're they're the intangible team over there. They also have is McAvoy healthy at this point, right? McAvoy, I healthy? believe McAvoy is healthy and coming back. So Chara McAvoy is going to be a pairing. That's going to McAvoy's be, great. Yeah. 
McAvoy's well, great, and Tuka Rask is one of the better goaltenders in the NHL. So it, I think that's just too much for Toronto to overcome. I think it's going to be a damn good series, though. I've got Boston in six right now. I think it's going to be a real close series, too. Uh, and going off what you just said, though, Char McAvoy are great. Uh, Kevin Miller has looked a lot better this year playing alongside Tory Krug. And then their third pairing of Matt Gerzelik, I think that's how you say it, and Adam McQuaid. All of them, all those three pairings are above 55 cores of four percentage, and they're all rolling. And the entire team, the the entire team is just they're just possession monsters. And that top that top line of Brad Marchand, David Pasternak, and uh, Prachis Bergeron, are, there's three thirty goal scorers, and they just control the puck the entire game. I don't know which defensive pairing is going to shut that down for the for the Leafs because all their all three defensive pairings aren't that great when it comes to puck possession. So I think that line is going to abuse whatever line it goes up against. Their second line, the Bruins' second line of uh, David Krejci, Jake DeBrusque, and Rick Nash is also playing out of their mind in the limited time they've had together. And once you get past Morgan Riley and Ron Hainsey, which is their top pairing, it's going to have to be Gardner and Zaitsev. Zaitsev is very prone to being uh, caught up in some defensive gas. Gaffs or uh, Roman Polak and Travis Dermott. I kind of hope Roman Polak and Travis Dermott are thrown into a uh, a key spot here because Maple Leafs fans Maple Leafs fans have talked a lot of shit about Travis Dermott somehow being better than Travis Konechny, which is it's something. It's it's really <laughs> something, especially considering the way that Travis Konechny has played this year and the fact that I think Travis Dermott like came up in uh, like January, I think. Like he just hasn't been around for that long, and they were. They were just screaming that out immediately. So uh, I'm ready for I'm ready for the Bruins to roll over them, but I think it's going to be pretty tight. I think Frederick Anderson's a little bit better than he gets credit for, too. So I'll go with uh, I'll go with Bruins and Bruins and seven. OK, Bruins and seven sounds uh, just about right to me. And that that brings us to our final non Pennsylvania matchup in the East, the Washington Capitals and the Columbus Blue Jackets. And this this might be a sleeper for one of the more competitive series in the first round. Oh, really. absolutely. I think this is I think this is going seven games. In your gut, who do you think wins? Gut reactions Washington, but yeah. You know. I don't know. I'm saying I, I want to say Blue Jackets. Like it's really tough though cuz the 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 Caps love the chick in the playoffs and uh and former flyer Sergey Bobrovsky I guess the nice way to put it is doesn't exactly excel in the postseason so far in his career. It's uh, I think the Blue Jackets have an advantage. They've been pretty good ever since the Vanek trade. I think Vanek's been lighting out, lighting it up since he got there. Yeah. Uh, Warinsky Jones is a ridiculous pairing. Uh, and the, I I think I talked about it earlier with Grubauer, uh, them going with Grubauer in the first round. But the Caps give up a lot of high danger chances in the slot and. The Blue Jackets as a team have a way of kind of generating chances from that area. So I think the I think the series a lot of the series is going to be Grubauer having to face like Artemi Panarin or Cam Atkinson with chances in the slot. I I don't know how well that's going to pay off for Washington. And I think that I think the defensive pairings, uh, defensive I wrote it down here for the Caps. Defensive pairings for the Caps have not been uh, have not been that great since Michael Kempney came along. He's been paired with John Carl, Carlson a lot. 
both their Corsi four percentage and expected goals four percentages are under fifty. And then uh Jacob Yerbeck, Jacob Gierbeck or whatever, uh has been paired with Brooks Orpic and they've been not that great either. Okay, talk me into it. I'll pick the blue jackets. Good job. Yeah. You got me on that. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean I, I think it's I think a lot of people wrote off the blue or haven't been talking about the blue jackets for a while because they were just they were supposed to be where the Flyers are now and just taking on the Penguins in the first round. And everybody was just like, well, they've been playing great, but they're just going to lose in the first round. So I don't think anybody really did that much, I guess, looking into how far they could actually go through the postseason. And now that they, uh, and then now that they acted like cowards on the final day of the regular season, they are cowards. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be advancing. uh, They could be advancing to the second round for the first time in franchise history, I believe. Not sure. That sounds right. Yeah. They they've been to the playoffs three times and they've faced the Penguins twice. So it's not exactly uh it's not exactly a easy going there when it comes to the postseason. So they finally have a chance to I don't I don't know. I feel man, it's gotta suck being a Capitals fan. <laughs> just like every year they just But don't you I, hate them? Oh, I hate them. Uh, you you I, lived in that area. Yeah, it's hilarious to me now. I, I think I think it's getting to the point where it's so bad for them. Like even I feel a little bit bad for how bad it is. Like I, w- I hate the Capitals, but I want a Vetchkin to win one because I think he deserves. Do you? I think he deserves one. I prefer he get traded. To like I always say, I hope I prefer he get traded to the Coyotes, and he wants one there. Uh, but you and Gary Bettman both hope that. Happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's just calling Brian McClellan like every day. He's like, listen, Brian. I'm telling you, Ante Ranta's pretty good. Just, just send him over there. <laughs> Get Derek Step on back. You'll you'll be happy with the return. I, but I don't know. Like Ovechkin's probably the best goal scorer ever. I think it'll be a real shame if he does not get one Stanley Cup. Especially because just the way everybody trashes, or not everybody, but a select segment of hockey fandom thinks that Ovechkin chokes in the playoffs because the Caps choke in the playoffs. But there's been was it two years ago when they lost to the Penguins? He had seven points in six games, which I don't know. That's not my idea of choking in the postseason. I think that's called showing up and just brain hope we're going to make a save. I think that's a big factor in the Blue Jackets caps is uh, how well Grubauer is going to play. It's the first time on the stage for him. And maybe, maybe he excels, but I'm just I'm, I'm thinking about how many shots he's going to have to face from the slot or like below the circles. Right. And we were looking at how many teams like the Flyers were amongst the highest scoring uh, teams from with goals from defensemen. And Columbus, I think, was right behind the Flyers on that list. Oh, probably. That would make sense. I mean, nobody really talks about how well uh, everybody talks about Jones or Wierenski, but Savard and Cole have been really good since Cole joined the team. And then Marcus Nudavara and Ryan Murray, I mean, they're a third pairing tandem and my ryan murray's the second overall pick so you kind of would hope he'd be more than a third pairing guy right now but they're they're like every one of their their pairings is really good they they all post phenomenal underlying numbers so there's really nowhere for the capitals offense to attack in terms of the blue jackets defense and i think i think they put jones or warinsky on the ovechkin line and then you're not the if you're the calf, you gotta hope that Backstrom, Oshi, and Burakovsky are able to be one of the other two pairs, which sounds good, but I don't know if they've been that productive 
this year. We'll see. Tom Wilson's still on the top line for the Capitals, by the way. So that's another that played a big role in me saying that the Blue Jackets are probably going to win. Because <laughs> he, I don't know how he's. He should never be in your top six. In my opinion. Probably never play hockey. Yeah, that's yeah. But it is kind of amazing seeing a human garbage disposal, just human walking trash can, just able to lace on some skates and get out there and play some hockey. It's pretty trash cans being awful generous. I, I think it's more like a dumpster. Yeah, dumpster. Dumpster's good. I was trying to think of something worse than a dumpster. Uh, poo dumpster. Poo dumpster. Yeah. Uh, the, it's just got yeah. dirty diapers from retirement home. That's the entire <laughs> dumpster. That's Tom Wilson. Yeah, there's that's the thing, right? That people get when they have kids. There's like a there's like a a garbage can that you just put wasted to, uh, waste. Yeah, yeah. You just put that in there. That's what I'm thinking of. Diapers. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what that's what Tom Wilson is. He's worse than a garbage can. Is what we're saying. Full of poo. Yeah. Man, you know what? If the Flyers beat the Penguins uh, and the Blue Jackets beat the Caps, Tom Wilson will probably have taken out somebody on the Blue Jackets. Like, he'll probably have, I don't know, blindsided Artemi Panarin or somebody. So maybe if the Flyers get to the second round, they'll be taking on a Artemi panarin list uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. So that's something to look forward to. <laughs> something to work forward to is the opportunity. So uh, what? You're going to some dark places today. I know. I mean, I've been stay up late, right? I stayed up late writing it. I just spent all last night looking at all these numbers for this series and just being like, just fuck, man. Like, I had to write that depressing article. And then I had people call me out on it because they were like, well, you don't think the Flyers are going to win? I was like, I'm writing one tomorrow while they're going to win. Everybody calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was my favorite part was just I put in the article. Relax, I'm doing one on why they'll win tomorrow. And I still got people like, oh, what's uh, Oh, my God. You you think they're going to lose? I mean, uh, I do think they're going to lose, but <laughs> you, that's just, I, I, I'm trying to remain optimistic. Here's the, and, here's the thing. I, I think they're going to lose, too. But you can't, no matter what I think, no matter what they think, no matter what other people think, you can't go through life just chalking up losses. You have to. You have to fight for it. You have to earn it. The Flyers are going to get their chance to win four games out of these seven. They're still going to play these games. There is... It's not likely, and there's not too much of a path, but there is a way they can win these games. They there's go a path. There, they do it. Yeah. We've talked about the path. There is a path. And I, I look, I think they can do it. And I, this is me at my most optimistic saying... I think they can do it, but I'm going to try and remain optimistic here. Claude Drew had an amazing year. Sean Couture was rock solid. Voracek had a great year. Uh, and Nolan Patrick's really come along. So th there are some encouraging yeah. things. And look, Proveroff and Ghost are awesome. They're the men. It's, I love them. I'm looking forward to having some, watching some fun hockey, hopefully. Trash in Pittsburgh. And I was, I, was, I was trying to go back to the well here. So... Uh, for people who are a little newer to the, the Flyers Twitter scene, the the last time, you know, when the Flyers have played the Penguins previously in the playoffs, we've utilized the hashtag visit Pittsburgh, which I believe was started by uh, Flyers goal scored by. I believe so. I think it, so. Yeah. Yeah. And it's. 
pretty good. No, it's it's great. It's great. It's uh, sorry, I got a little off track there, but it, <laughs> we had a lot of fun with that where we're just kind of trashing the city of Pittsburgh, but being totally honest. So I'm looking forward to that kind of trash talk again. Flyers Penn is one of the best rivalries in the sport. And I, I try to get a few, I don't know. I try to see if anybody had the archive of them, but uh, I did get a few tweets in response to this. So I'm just going to read off uh, the responses I did get. So uh, Mike Lennial responded with only one. I have surprisingly in his visit. Pittsburgh was a picture of mayonnaise uh, being poured into a jar in a factory. So uh, Sidney Crosby's favorite treat. <laughs> uh, that's good. That's good. I like that one. <laughs> and I also asked people tonight what, how they're trolling the Pittsburgh fans in their lives. So, uh, so what's this response we got here? So, from Goldberta, we got the response. I don't have Penguins fans in my life, but if I did, I'd ship Costco sized cases of mayonnaise to their homes and workplaces. <laughs> the mayo story, the whole mayo aspect of the series, I feel like is not being played up enough. We should somebody, you know how somebody put a pen, I think it was a Penguins jersey on Rocky. Maybe in a Vikings jersey, too. Everybody who comes to town yeah. as an opposing fan so sticks many, their jersey on the Rocky statue, has a good chuckle about it, takes some selfies, and then they, you know, go back to their empty hotel room and cry. Yeah, and then they go back to listen to the Clarks or shoving coleslaw in their face or whatever fucking losery things Pittsburgh can do. But I think somebody should go to Pittsburgh and just like pour mayonnaise on the the, the three bridges, the, the the yellow bridges out there. Oh yeah, or whatever. Idea. I don't know what else they value. There's got to be like some memorial of that Franco Harris catch back in 1970, whatever. That they probably all still look at. Just go do that. Pour mayonnaise all over it. So. Maybe stick some off-brand ketchup uh, in front of the Heinz factory. <laughs> There's not a lot going on there, folks. I mean, if you eat permanis, you're probably going to get food poisoning and die because coleslaw and French fry sandwiches really should not be consumed by humans. <laughs> Just go to the go to the Heinz factory and be like, "Where's do you guys have hunts? Where's the hunts? Can Where's I get the some? hunts? Can yeah. I? Yeah, come on. Yeah. We did get a couple more responses. We got uh, at Kyle Drake INF said, "I live in Pitt. Unfortunately, try to talk oh, about KC no. and the bankruptcy, but they're so bandwagon that they have no idea what I'm talking about." Oh, that's see, that should be satisfying though. For oh man, Kyle responds to a lot of stuff. I didn't. I had no idea he lived in Pittsburgh. That is. That's upsetting. I'm sorry, Kyle. Kyle, we're very, we're very sorry to hear that. And as soon as we have like prizes or fan packs or anything, you're getting the first one as a uh, I'm sorry you live in Pittsburgh. Yes, that's got to be the worst experience. The, the coasters, right? That's what we talked about was the the coasters with our uh, with our episode titles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be. I feel like we should definitely do that. I really want to work on this. I don't know how to make it happen, but I, <laughs> I don't know how to make it happen. <laughs> if if Gearsdolfi was still in my life to make fine products, I would I would oh, do that. Oh my. God, Gearadelphia. Site's still up. I just found out today. Yeah. Uh, shout out you to should, uh, you should uh, plug. You should plug ads for Gearadelphia on Untied on your next Untied post. Yeah, yeah, my it's next just... <laughs> Untied post. That's that site. I think went down two years ago. Uh, yeah, I miss all of it. The Estee blog has the... not been updated in forever. So, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> good times with all my my failed blogging. But the 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 Flyers podcast has. Kept on keeping on for many moons at this point. Yeah, it's good. It's been all right. It survived me being added to uh, 
say numbers and occasionally burp into the mic. So it's, <laughs> it's still going on here. <laughs> we got one more response. Uh, Danny Fortuna, one, two, three. It's hard to troll something that only comes out when it's playoff time. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's a good one, too. I enjoy that. That was a good response from Dan. I'm we happy. Some that great we... responses tonight. Uh, thank you guys. And uh, we'll try to usually... get the pod yeah. question out earlier next time. Yeah, our fans usually have good responses to things. Every once in a while, there's something that might get us in trouble. But uh, other than that, <laughs> we, usually uh, we're building good, up a fun. very small yet strong fan base, and it, it warms my my cold dead heart. Yeah. Yes, the, that is something I'm optimistic about in my life right now. Is that our our we have some diehard fans, and I appreciate them all. And I really do enjoy the responses whenever I'm tweeted at. I got a message from somebody this week. I appreciated that very much. Uh, we we got our first email on the Fly Perbly oh, Gmail yeah, account this week, too. So uh, a quick shout out to da, 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 let me get this up. I think it was it was Corey. Corey emailed us and uh, <laughs> let us know that he, he was uh, enjoying the show, but also that uh, we might we might make fun of Canadians so much. So, make, uh, yeah, we make fun of Canadians a lot. And I uh, <laughs> we really do. <laughs> I feel like I lead that charge and I feel like my. Uh, Canadian impression a couple weeks ago was not that favorable, so I'd like to apologize about that. Probably what uh, spurred this email. Probably. And uh, Corey, I want you to know that uh, I we we do not hate Canadians, <laughs> and we we actually will... had no idea anybody outside of the I Greater s- Philadelphia region was even listening to the show. I swear to God, I did not either. I had I had no idea that it, anybody in Canada actually listened. So that's, I mean, it's cool that they listen, and I will no longer do my Canadian impression. So that's that's how that goes. Until you're drunk, of course. Until I'm drunk, or until uh, another NHL filled Olympics. Uh, but you know, we got a couple years till that. We got till 2026. So you don't have to worry about that until then. Regardless, I'd like to thank Corey for reaching out yes. to us on yes, uh, thank you for Gmail. Gmail. Yeah, we haven't gotten a lot of notes on that, but uh, I really I just wanted to shout him out for actually reaching out like that and uh, providing some feedback. So uh, much appreciated. And again, if you have any long form notes, fly at Gmail dot com, although Twitter is probably the most direct way to reach us and, uh, you know, tell us about those shows. But uh... (laughs) hey, uh, Steve, do you know who my favorite baseball player is? Who's that? Sammy Sosa. Oh, my God. Do you know what my favorite thing to sit on while I'm watching a TV is? No, no, no. A sofa? No, no. no. Well, uh, I gotta grab a drink of this soda real quick. Craig. Oh, Craig. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the best place to reach us is uh, Twitter, I would say. Uh, Fly Perbly account, uh, Esteban, or Sports Are Bad, or BSH Radio, or Broad Street Hockey. All that's good stuff right there. But uh, the the current plan right now for us to record through the playoffs is pretty much most of the time when there's an off day, we'll we'll try to get a podcast in there. Uh, we're definitely going to be recording uh, Thursday after game one with our game one reactions. Hopefully happy reactions and not very depressed already. I'm telling you, we're going to be analyzing that Wayne Simmons greasy goal. That's what we're going to be talking about. I'm telling you, it's going to be an AMAC hat trick. Okay, look, I'm all about being positive, but if AMAC scores a hat trick in the playoffs, I we should automatically advance to the second round. 
I feel like as a league, they should be like, what just happened? All right. Congrats. You're going to play the winner of the Caps or Blue Jackets. Shades of Andy Delmore in 2000. Oh, please. yeah. Bring Andy. Del- I'll take Andy Delmore back for those series. We should just, I think what might happen is if one of these games gets out of hand, I might just watch the five overtime goal a bunch. Or I might just watch Super Bowl highlights and just pretend like the, the game's not taking place. Craig, I have a DVD with the entire five overtime game. Just come over, watch that, and uh, time travel. I should, I should watch that. I see because I don't. I'm trying to remember. I don't think I watched it because I was in fourth grade, and I think the game was on. A we get West... it. You're younger than me. Don't yeah, not the not the break, but I'm extreme. I'm very young. I'm alarmingly long, young for how unhealthy i am but i don't think i was able to watch it because i think it was the thing where it got to like the third overtime not only unhealthy just side note not only unhealthy but also miserly at times <laughs> hey <laughs> what can i say i'm well hell of a co-host actually i'm the I, I pretty much run this show right it's kind of my show you know what i mean <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> welcome if, back if to fly verbally with craig featuring steve you want to you want to edit everything in post game not at all. So all right, that cool. is. <laughs> but thanks for editing my show. I mean, I really appreciate oh that. Oh my God, dude. You're dead to me. You're dead to me. <laughs> if you'd like to be the new host, co-host of Fly Purbly, I'm the host, damn it. The host. <laughs> yeah, I need a new co-host. Hit me up at flyperbly at gmail.com. By the way, Craig doesn't know what the email password is, so that's good. Oh, son of a bitch. Yeah, that's right. Gonna write, I'm going to create another podcast called Fly Purbalest. Well, actually, that that wouldn't work. <laughs> Doesn't sound so, good. No, not at all. Doesn't so, sound good at all. I'm gonna call it Flyers Hyperbole, and I just just go with that. There you go. That's a very creative title. Thinking outside the box, there, Craig. <laughs> Thank you. Also, if anybody, uh, if the weather holds up for Sunday, I plan on tailgating. So, if Ooh. you see if you see a, a schlubby, uh, fattish man hanging out with a man <laughs> in a smaller man in an orange green man suit please say hello and tell me how much you love the show well there you go that's uh so you're actually you're going to game three i'm going to game three my buddy's got season tickets and we he's like should i buy playoff tickets i'm like you better buy playoff tickets you're dead to me and (laughs) so i'm going to game three hopefully tailgating beforehand and we convinced my one buddy to buy an orange green man suit to wear to the tailgate hell yeah just to the tailgate right i feel like we'll see we'll see how where the day takes us well i mean if he's wearing it to the tailgate he's probably gonna drink a couple hashtag ice cold beers and then he's gonna probably gonna be wearing that that suit during the game but that would be my guess in my experience of drinking man yeah uh i you know what i don't are you doing anything for the wednesday or the friday game I we're I know we had the the watch party on both of the gate. I'm not gonna be able to make the one on Wednesday. Maybe the one on Friday. I don't know though. I'm going Friday. Uh, Wednesday probably gonna be at my. Probably gonna be sitting on my recliner with a cold one. <laughs> yeah, Wednesday's gonna be real tough. Maybe I can get out of work early on Friday. And the the, the problem is I just kind of live a little bit from uh from the city, so it'd be kind of hard to get in there during rush hour. Yeah. Well, Craig, guess what? You can use the parking pass that I'm still inexplicably getting to a nearby parking lot (laughs) if you need to. 
Okay. All right. Sounds good. I'll do that. <laughs> what? Wait. So what? Did we actually say what our predictions are for this series? No, we have not said our predictions, and I think that's as good of a note as any to end the show on. That is, uh, we're not going to say our predictions because they're too depressing. No, uh, let's say our <laughs> predictions. I think we have to at this point. So yeah, I kind of, I'll give mine first because Please. Uh, I'm going to give my, my heart prediction and my head prediction. My heart prediction is Flyers at seven hard fought victory for the boys in orange and black. And they, they did it. They beat the penguins. I don't care what they do for the rest of the playoffs. They beat the penguins. My head says penguins in six. Uh, I say the same with my heart and I will say the penguins in five. Now I will say if the flyers do beat the penguins, if they pull this thing off or pull this sucker off as Kyle Brown would say, uh, it will, this will probably be the best year in terms of the sports teams that I've read for. If the Eagles beat the Super Bowls, if the Eagles beat the Super Bowl, if the Eagles win the Super Bowl and the Eagles Flyers beat all beat the, the Super Bowls <laughs> and the Flyers beat the Penguins in the same year, that's I, it doesn't get any better than that. I think oh, yeah. that I think I've already peaked. May as well call it. May as well wrap up this life and get it on. Look, it's been get a pretty damn one. good year for certain Philly sports fans. I mean, yeah. if you're an Eagles fan, it's been amazing for the Super Bowl win and everything with that. Uh, Sixers had a great year where they've really just started kicking ass. Yeah, for that process uh, came. It looks like the process is coming through, right? The process has definitely come through. It's here, and they're winning without Embiid right now. I think that's is it twelve straight, fourteen. I'm losing track. I, I think it's I think it's upwards of fifteen now. Yeah, they're, they're, well, they're kicking ass. Let's just yeah, say that they're kicking ass. Uh, JoJo's wearing a scary face mask in his terrifying preparation face to come mask. back. Terrifying, absolutely terrifying. It's on his Instagram story if you want to check that out. But uh, I mean, it's great stuff for the Sixers. If you're a Nova fan, I'm not. But if you are a Nova fan, they won. And I'm sure you're real happy about that. Yep. Uh, I am not, though, so I don't care. <laughs> Me neither. Well, I went to the thing about Nova winning is if you're in the Philadelphia region and you did not go to a big five school, you'll probably be happy for Nova winning. If you went to a big five school that's not Nova, you're probably a little pissed off about it. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that. I, I have no horse in the race. I really don't care. I know that I'm actually the thing I'm doing tomorrow for the game is I'm going to be watching with my buddy that lives in Ardmore. So I'm going to be driving right by Villanova. So it's I think it's do you do you where do you settle on the Villanova as a Philadelphia school argument? Do you think it's not a Philadelphia school? Oh, yeah, it's not one. Yeah, I, I went to Temple, so it's uh, okay. I was hard of Philadelphia and uh I mean, look, I like to kid them about that. I, they're in the big five and they're definitely like the greater region, but it's really fun to tease them about not being technically a Philadelphia school. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's fair. I don't really, I didn't know. I like teasing more than I actually like believe it. Let me put it that way. Yeah. That is actually circling back to, uh, to Corey's email. That was my, my viewpoint on Canadian side. <laughs> like the tease more than I actually. Right, right. Yeah, so. <laughs> but well, yeah, that's uh yeah. let's uh let's hope our hearts are correct and not not our our minds here. <laughs> not our minds. I yeah. hope I hope my mind's going and it's just The good wrong. the good news, yeah, the good news is our minds are usually way off and completely off base and 
irreverent and incorrect. So hopefully that trend continues for the next two weeks with this uh, Flyers Pen series. That would be wonderful. And Flyers, if you could at least make the game I go to a competitive and good one, that would be ideal. Yeah, yeah, they, but they probably will. Have first home game in a series. Um, I think that one would be pretty. Uh, that one's probably going to be one of the more intense ones in the series. Yeah, well, you've got to. What's the what's the hashtag for this one? Make tomorrow be to uh, earn tomorrow. Earn tomorrow. I I think that's a fine hashtag. That's better than some of the other ones I've had. The video was awesome. Clutch time. The, the oh, yeah, clutch time. But like the 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 video was pretty. They got me pretty jacked up. No, the video well, was good. I watched it at work. Stood up. Ripped my shirt off, started yelling at coworkers. It was a terrible scene at work, but I did get jacked up about playoff hockey. You pretty... did assault five people. Yeah, the, we. Yeah, we. It's the, well, I'm not gonna admit to that. It's still ongoing, but <laughs> I will say I'm, I'm pretty. I'm pretty jacked to see Travis connecting in playoff hockey now. So it, it's yeah. happening. Yeah, I, I hope he just annihilates someone, even though he's half their size, like Uber. <laughs> uber pest mode i just i want him scoring a goal and like licking the glass at the penguins rink or something dumb <laughs> just uh something that's gonna piss off every penguins beat writer is what i want to hear i want him to be the new hartnell as far as being loathed by the pittsburgh community absolutely i god i hope so that'd be awesome and we'll, we'll see what happens see what Come. happens but uh yeah as i said before we will be back after game one with a little recap talk on that and uh, some very poor analysis, I assume. But uh, that's that's why you listen. That's why we get paid the no bucks. <laughs> well, we get paid all the no bucks, baby. For for us to say stuff like, eh, the penguins suck. Or that Malkin's ugly. Malkin's Things ugly, of that nature. Uh, the color yellow is just hideous and probably shouldn't be on everything in your city. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. It's amazing Crosby is an elite athlete when he just eats mayo all the time. Just a diet of strictly mayo. Why would you put coleslaw and french fries on a sandwich? That's just an atrocity before God. Yeah, why would you serve? Why is it mandated that every wedding has a future coleslaw? Uh, like why? You think, like we, we, we've been around for a while as a country. You think Pittsburgh would catch on that there's other food, but it just seems to be a uh, coleslaw out there. So Ugh. classic, uh, classic Pittsburgh. You know. Visit Pittsburgh. Hashtag visit Pittsburgh. I'm gonna find some tomorrow. You find some tomorrow, and uh, if I can find some time, I would love to get some some high quality trash talk tweets out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, I think tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow should be a good day on Twitter. I'm excited. I think everybody will be pretty jacked up. I just have to get into work early enough to be there before Pittsburgh Steve to see his reaction to the Mason shirt. Just sitting at his chair, just waiting for. <laughs> Oh yeah. Just waiting for him to see it. I'm gonna put a nanny cam up. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. Well gang, well, gang, we recapped all the great ways for feedback earlier. Twitter is the primary, but you know, uh the old email account is there. So flyperbly Gmail. G- or the flyperbly Twitter account. So uh, that's all I got, and we'll be back with plenty of playoff content for you guys, uh, hopefully for more than just a week with playoff content, but we shall see. We shall see. Hopefully more than a week, but we shall see. <laughs> <laughs> Will gang, we do thank you for listening, and until next time, as always, good night and good hockey. 
Hello everybody, this is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.